All right, please be seated. Oh, it's good to be here in the church on steroids. No, it is good to be here because these are the strangest of times, I think. Um, you know, just traveling and getting around. It's been rather strange to be... My wife says she's had more meals with me in the last 18 months than in, than in 44 years of marriage. That's how much traveling's gone on. But, you know, even in these times, she's, um, she said to me, at, you know, when we've been locked down, to, you, you should go out and do some stuff in the garden, which I did. And then she locked and bolted the doors and I couldn't get back in for a while. Um, but anyway, it's good to be here. At my age, it's good to be anywhere. Um, I just want to say a, a huge, um, how can I say this, recognition of both your pastors, that's Sharon and Julian, and the team too, the Sally, Beck, the Ben, all the guys, of just standing fast in this time. Um, these have been the strangest days, but you've got pastors who have stood fast in the faith, kept going. For that, I pay tribute. It's a fantastic thing to see, and well done. And, and as they say, the best is yet to come. That's what they say, the best is yet to come, and it sure is. Um, but I want to get started. There's a, there's a lot to cover today, and, uh, and I, I think we should open with some, some Bible. And what's going to happen is you're going to get it on the screen. So if, you've got, if you use a Bible, you can look it up. There's quite a few passages. If you want to, just follow on the screen or use your phone, however you choose to do it. But let's start. We're going to read from Mark chapter 6, verse 42 to 44. It says this, They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish, and the number of men that was eaten, that had eaten was 5,000 men. They didn't count the ladies because it was a free lunch and there was much more of them than there were men. Sorry, that's not a, that went down like a lead balloon. I thought it was a good joke. Um, and and I, I don't know what that kid must have done when he got home. And his mum says to him, so how did it go today? at the talk with Jesus and he sort of is dragging behind him maybe all the stuff he brought home that was left over and said, well, your lunch that you gave me, this is what I'm bringing home to help the family for the next few weeks. We don't know, but he must have gone home full of this sense of joy, appreciation, this, this sense of, well, look what happened to my small lunch as he watched this thing expand. There's another passage in John chapter 2.10. You'll know this one quite well. Every man... It's talking about the marriage feast that Jesus went to where he performed his first miracle, in fact. Every, or that's recorded anyway. Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when the guests have got drunk, because that's what they did at weddings. When they got drunk, then the inferior wine, but you kept the good wine to get us more drunk until later. <laughs> it's an amazing thing that when Jesus turns up on the scene, anywhere he goes, things happen. But more importantly, there's a, an abundance of it all. There's more than we need. And this guy, this, you know, a wedding in those days was three to five days long. It was easy to run out of wine if you had some Pentecostals there. No, that's, that's yeah. It's easy to run out of wine, but Jesus was creative and in the moment he creates more wine but it's better than the wine they started out with because that's the nature of who he is wherever he went whatever he did whatever he touched whatever he said 
produced this overflow, this more than enough, this great sense of abundance came. I love that about being a Christian, that there is more than enough. You know, in this days, we're so myopic. I, I don't know about you, but I feel that everything is sort of myopic. It's down to this detail, and somebody's looking at a, a number, and where's the life and the abundance? I got a picture from a friend of mine who, who said, we're celebrating our freedoms in Norway, because Norway is now completely open, and like Denmark and so on. And I wrote back and said, those are not freedoms. We've always had that. It's just like it's become something new, but it never should have been because we've always had life. That's who we are, especially the church. And that's why this next verse is so important, found in John 10, 10. And it says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. We better know that. And we better understand that, that the thief, the liar, the cheat, he has come to just wipe us out. And that's his work at the moment. Let me tell you right now, he thinks he's having a bit of a glory day. He thinks the church is at his feet right now. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that is not the case because, but I have come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. He can cheat, he can lie, he can steal, he can do what he likes, but Jesus came that we would have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, when we get, as we move forward in this, the church globally is going to explode more than it was. 2020 was an amazing time for the church. I remember working with churches where everything was about ready to explode. And then within two months, maybe three, we were in this global lockdown, except for the Australians. They didn't, they didn't do much of a lockdown. Ha, look at them now. It's embarrassing to be an Australian right now. I tell people, I can only tell them I'm from New Zealand, and that's equally as bad. So now I tell everyone I'm Danish. That's, that's how I get around it. It's rather embarrassing to see this, but in the 20, at the 2020 period, they're right at the beginning. The church was in this moment where just about globally, we were ready to go, and then this thing came. Globally, by the way, can I say this? Not only the church, but business people, people's lives, families, everyone's taken a bit of a hit. But certainly the church, but I'm telling you now, watch out, because he, the Holy Spirit, who works the nature of Christ in the church, brings life and abundance. I sometimes think we forget that when we think about the gospel and how great the gospel is. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because the gospel is often just the fact, is just often said that it's Jesus died on a cross and took my place so that I could be right with God, which is true. Absolutely. That's that's the heart of it. But we often forget the bit that's tacked on. And because of this, we can have an abundant life. Yeah. Yeah. That part is also true of the gospel. Yeah. An abundant life. That doesn't mean we don't face the challenges and we don't have the obstacles and we don't have the things we have to deal. All of us do that. But there is an abundance. I've been a Christian now... I don't know, 47, 48 years. And I can tell you, this thing works if you want to be pragmatic. Christianity and the gospel works. There's an abundance in our lives that we often misunderstand or forget. We talk about the work of Christ, but then don't forget the abundance that he brings. That word abundant, I love that word because it, it even sounds good, abundant. It's not like some other words. I won't use them here, but... 
The word abundant even feels good when you say it. Turn to the person next to you and say, abundant. abundant. Didn't it feel good to do that? Abundant. Some of us started to think, I can't wait for lunch. But anyway, that's another thing. I'm not going there right now. Let's unpack this a little bit now. Have a look at this verse in uh, 1 Peter 1.3. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has given us living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Abundant mercy. Now, not just mercy, abundant. Not just a taste of mercy, but a fullness of mercy. Not just a bit of mercy, but an abundance of mercy. Now, now let me help you with this. Mercy is a legal term in, the, in Scripture, right? And we're using this now. It's a legal term. It's like a judge who can listen to a case and he can say, well, I want to show mercy. And he legally can show mercy. He can be abundant in his mercy and, and pour it. So you've got to understand this moment here is about the abundance of God's ability to override all the legal systems that have been set up out there. See, the devil comes and he'll use legality against you. But the father comes and he gives abundant mercy to you. The devil loves to take the detail and the clinical aspects and the stuff that could tie you up. But the Holy Spirit comes and says, no, I have through the, uh, through the abundant mercy more for you. So we have this sense around us when we're being judged as Christians eternally, we will be, not for salvation, but for the things. There is abundant mercy. And that's our hope. He says, our hope, imagine if you had to face a judge at any time, and, but your hope was knowing there's abundant mercy. And all the time before you, there's abundant. I love that about the nature of God because I know I'm just like you. I mess up, you do things wrong, you get it wrong, but there is abundant mercy, that legal idea uh, where God shows mercy beyond what is required is a fascinating thing. Now, this is basic to us all. We all know this, but maybe you're here today and this is not new to you. Uh, this is very new to you. you. You're not a Christian. Maybe you've walked away from God and right now you're sensing that I need mercy. I need that expression of God in my life that brings mercy because I have to throw myself on anyone right now who's merciful. Will you throw yourself on God the Father and he will show you abundant mercy. The next one is found in 1 Timothy 1.14. And it says there, the grace, of our Lord, the grace of our Lord is exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord is exceeding abundant. Now, this is not a legal term. This is a functional term. That's a different thing to the legality. Because the legality of something is what's right and what's wrong. But functionality is to help us work and do what we're called to do. So it's a functional thing. Now, there's graces tied up, of course, in the gospel. But if you look through Scripture, you'll discover that the things we do are all graced for us to do it. For example, let's take the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's about 21 of them, and they're all doing things. They're active. Every one of them means we produce something. Every one of them is about working for the kingdom of God in His house to do something. But here it is. It's a functional Grace. It helps us do what we have to do. You are graced 
to serve. You are graced to lead. You are graced to show mercy. You are graced to teach and so on. Meaning the functionality of those things is a grace to you. It's a grace. You know, it took me a long time to figure out grace. I, I, I knew it as a theology. I knew it as an idea and concept. But one day, and you always face this in life, uh, you, you face this moment where you have this cathartic moment and you really get it. Uh, I was running a Bible school at the time. I think I was about 27. And we had a very fast-growing Bible school in Melbourne. It wouldn't be so fast-growing now in Melbourne. But it was fast-growing in Melbourne. And actually, at that time, one of the biggest colleges in Australia. We had hundreds of students. I had about 10 staff working for me. It was growing really well, doing well. And we were, we were living, this was probably 40 years ago, I guess, yeah, around that time, maybe a little less. And the college was really living by faith. It was living by the fees that people paid. There was no government support. There was no real help in that way. You just had to make it work every, every month, really. Well, one day, the finance uh, person came in to me and they said, you know, we have no money to pay salary. There's nothing there. It's empty. Now, in those days, you got a little envelope with cash in it. How, how many are that old? Uh, I mean, remember those days. Sorry. That's what, I should, that's what I meant to say. How many remember those days? You got a little envelope with cash in it. So they had to go pull it, and they put it in an envelope. You didn't get it transferred to your account. And you didn't get it every month. You got it every week. And I said, okay, well, maybe, you know, I came up with these ideas. What do you mean we've got nothing here? There's nothing. Well, can we borrow it from this account? There's nothing. You don't understand. We've got nothing to trade with for at least a month. We've got nothing. Well, thanks for telling me right now when we've got to pay the salaries. And they said, well, what are you going to do about it? Because that's what the boss always has to do. They have to fix the problems. And I said, well, I've, I've got to go now. I'm going to, I'm going to go out. And what I wanted to do was get into the mountains and I wanted to have a severe talk with God. You know the vent one you sometimes have? Do you know I've learned something about God, which I, because of his abundant mercy, you can vent with God and he's cool about it. He'd rather you vent with him than do something stupid with the devil. That's the truth. Go vent with God than do something stupid with the devil. So... I went out to the Dandenong Ranges, it was, and I found a lonely spot where no one was around, parked a car, found a log, and uh, I began to, I sat down on the log, I began to yell at God, you know, what the heck is going on, what the flipping, and this is what I said, I said, stuff like this, I said, I've served you all my life, I was 27 all my life, for goodness sake, I've served you, I was only a Christian 10 years, I've served you all my life, and this is what it ends up as. And I remember the Holy Spirit dropping that seed in me and it, and it, and, and it was these words, it's by grace, you know. It's by, and, I, and something just went, of course it is. It's a grace life. My function and what I'm doing is graced. And it's, you see, performance Christianity, and watch this, says if I do certain things, God has to do certain things back. That's called performance Christianity. I was using that on God. I have done this and this and this. You now should be doing this. God says, the amazing thing about God is he, he just says, he goes in the middle, doesn't he? He says, it's grace, you know. That's all, it's just grace. He doesn't say, you're right, I'm wrong. He says, it's grace. 
I went back to the office and uh, the staff were there. They, they knew the problems had emerged. We we're going to have these for a while. Um, I went into my office, shut the door, and I said to the people, just leave me alone now. I, I just want to be on my own. Don't. And probably about half an hour later, I get a knock on the door and um, the finance person walks in and says, you need to come and help me with this or see this person. I said, look, I told you I wanted to be left alone. And they said, no, you need to see this person. And it was an overseas student who had come and he said, look, I've come with my family and we feel it would be a good idea if we could pay all our fees in advance. But I, I want to have a little discount if I pay my three years in advance. I've got the check here. Could I have a little discount? And I said, you cheeky thing wanting a discount off me, you're not getting one. <laughs> what do you reckon? I said, how much discount do you want, brother? <laughs> I'll write you a discount right now with that fat check of yours. <laughs> this was about 3.30 in the afternoon. I'll never forget it. We, he paid the money in and do you know that happened? Bang, 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 all day. Just people walked in and paid fees and paid in advance and we were in plus overnight. Because I'll tell you why. Your performance will change nothing. But his grace changes everything. And it's just grace. And you just have to walk. And honestly, that cathartic thing, I could go to lectures all day and hear about that, but until you walk into it and understand it, it changes everything. And for the last... I don't know how many years in ministry now, I've just lived out of that grace, just knowing functionality of life in the kingdom is about grace. And you are all graced because you all have a gift of some sort and you all have a function. All of us here are graced. Well, here's another one. And it says this. He says in 1 Peter 1.11, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that, 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 you know, I thought it was a narrow road to get in there. Very tight. And you could just squeeze through. What does he say? It's an abundance that gets you into the everlasting life. I'll tell you what's narrow. The only thing's narrow is making the commitment to serve Christ. You close everything off and you do that one thing. That's what it means by narrow. Wide is the gate, everyone else, because I can do my own thing. But when you accept Christ, it's a little narrow because it's about saying, I just want to give you all I am. That's what most of you have done. But then there's an abundance to, to everlasting life. Anyway, you know, in the past days, I used to think about that. And, 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 and I, I, I thought it must be like there must be another door somewhere you can get in quicker. You know, speedy boarding on EasyJet type of thing. <laughs> can you pay a bit more and get round the side? Is there another way in to this thing? But the truth is it's an abundant entrance into everlasting life. It's not this tight. People seem to think that once you are in Christ, you have to keep narrowing everything down. That's what the medical profession is doing now. They're narrowing everything down, limiting life. We live in abundance. I remember, you know, when, uh, when I was in, became a Christian in 1974, I was two years old then, became a <laughs> the room I'm in in the hotel is a wellness room. It is a wellness room, and they've got girly things there, I have to say. Bombs you put in the water of your bath, and they, and they smell nice. And there's special teas you can drink, you, you know, stuff you'd never actually drink, but it's there. And they had a face mask, didn't they? And I, I tried to put one on him, but he wouldn't wear it. But I put the face mask on. What do you reckon? It didn't work. It didn't work? No. 
I'm going to report that to the Hilton and say, this is not working. The face mark is not doing a thing. It's not that funny down there. Just because you can see. <laughs> You're so close. Where was I? That's right. I forgot what I was talking about. What? No, before that. The, the button. Yeah, that's right. 74. I got saved. And I remember then the talk was a little like now, all about the last days. And in the 70s, how, remember, how many remember those days? Very much. And we were told we're going to run out of petrol. Now, you know what that's like right now. <laughs> but, but the problem for you is we were told we'd run out by the mid-80s. There'd be no more in the ground. You can't pump it out. We're still pumping that stuff out. And I'll tell you why. Because the idea of creation isn't a pizza where you get a slice. That's not the idea. Of, it's an abundance where there's always too much. How do you look at the world? I don't look at the scientists and the people around there. They look at it as a science. It's like a pizza and there's a pie piece you can cut. I look at it as creation and God's abundance. We've got 7 billion people living on the planet today. In the 70s, we had about four. And we've still got enough to feed everybody pretty much if we were generous in how we did it and had better systems to run it and we organized it properly governmentally. We could feed ourselves because the world is an abundant world because it's God's creation to be abundant. Change your perspective on seeing these things. It's an abundant world. So too is the entrance into everlasting life. 2 Corinthians says this, uh, that, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that you always having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Have sufficiency in all things. What is sufficiency in all things? Enough, more than you need to do good works. See, just coming to the house and being involved in church is a good work. And I want sufficiency in my energy, my time, and my family, margin we could call it, to be able to do the abundance of good works. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just finances. This is not talking finances only. It's talking about a holistic life. It's talking about all we are, everything we are, and who we are. Making sure we understand that what we have sufficient of is so that we can do an abundance of good works rather than sometimes a good work. Maybe I'll try a good work. I remember talking to recently to a, a young man who was, you know, he was, we were coming back out of this thing and church was starting again. And he thought it might be an idea to break out of the church and go and, uh, what do you call it, um, evangelize on the streets it was. And he said, you know, because that would be more good works and I said, just a minute, you're in charge of the tech department in this church. You're in charge of production, actually, it was called. I said, do you not believe that what you're doing and finding sufficiency in is not as good as working on the streets? Every Sunday in your church, because I know the numbers, there are eight people on average who receive Jesus. Do you know why? Because you have found sufficiency to do good works. You're thinking it's going to work out there. It's better in here. You will win more people here doing what you do than you will ever out there. I think he was just going through a moment, a time, an experience in his mind, as we all have about these things. But I want to help you. The functionality of grace is together, and the abundance of good works is together, because the Bible teaches us to be 
doing good works within the house first. That's us, you and me, the church. So we have been given sufficiency to do abundance. We have enough to be able to be abundant in good works. So remember your energy, your passion, all of those things are designed to have an abundance of good work. Does that make sense? I believe that strongly. And that's why over this time, I don't know what you've been doing, but I've been making sure that I'm keeping fit and well and doing all the right things because as we come out, I want to be ready to run faster than I ran before. You know, um, and my wife said to me, well, things might change with travel and stuff. Nah, it'll probably be faster than it was before. It'll probably be greater than it was before. We're going to go for this, especially in these days. Let's make it work. Let's get the energy. We've got the energy in the space so we can do an abundance of good work. And the last one says this. This is one of my favorites, actually. If you've been around for a while, you will have heard me preach this one. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Exceeding, by the way, the word exceeding is the same word as abundant. It's abundantly, abundantly. There's two abundance in that verse. Exceedingly, abundantly, we say it in English that way because the real Greek is abundantly, abundantly, or superabundant, superabundant. Meaning there's heaps of it. He is able to superabundantly, superabundantly do all above we are asking or thinking according to the power working in us. It's not, this is not positive thinking. This is about the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. When the power of the, when we give room to the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, it changes the way we think. And therefore we lift our thinking, which God super abundantly, super abundantly does above. Thinking doesn't change stuff, but engaging with the power does. When you engage with the power, it changes your thinking. How can Christians become so negative, fear-driven, driven by the, day, the state of the day and be filled with the Holy Spirit intrigues me? You come into a church like this, as I said, the church on steroids. There's faith in the room. The presence of God is here. This is the power. Never just externalize that and say, well, it was great to be in church because I felt God. It's better to say it was great to be in church because I connected my faith with the corporate faith of everyone else and my power of the Holy Spirit has risen. That changes your asking and thinking, which then changes God's super abundant ability to do more than your asking and thinking. So it starts with power, it moves to the way we think, and then God's superabundance steps in. I love that about God. I love that about our lives, that it is absolutely full of abundance. And maybe today you're here, you're, you're new to this scenario, this church, or been coming for a little while, or maybe even backslidden, and you're, you're seeking out something fresh and new, which is great to do. I want to introduce you and give you opportunity before we finish this session for you to engage with that God of abundance, for you to receive him in your life, to know him personally, to engage with him. And, and we don't just offer a solution to the problem of life. Jesus offers you a new way of living this life. He offers you an abundant life, not a life without problems and not a life without issue, but a life of abundance. 
That's why when you come here to this church and you look around and you think, this is a house of happy clappies. And that's the way it should be because there's nothing worse than a bunch of depressed people. The reason we're happy clappies is we've got a lot to clap God for. We've got a lot to say thank you for. We've got a lot of stuff in our lives. And in these days where it's so easy to put your trust in something else, to, to hope the government can fix up the problem, to hope that they can pay the bills, this is the time to say, my God is all abundant. My God has everything I need. And I'm going to tap into him rather than all the other stuff. Because that just brings down your thinking. The power gets reduced in your life. They're not giving us any power. The Holy Spirit gives us the power. And you can see that he's interested in every aspect of our life. If he's making sufficiency of all things so we can do abundant works, then he's interested in giving sufficiency in all things. Having that sufficiency in all things, financially, emotionally, and in space in our lives. Does that make sense? So I'm going to pray now and and bring this to a bit of a close. And I, I just want to challenge those of you here today or invite those of you here today who don't know Jesus. This is your moment as we pray. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a short prayer. And I want to give you an opportunity as we pray right now. If you would say, I need to engage with God. I want to know him in a fresh way. I want to experience him for myself. I'm going to ask you just to quickly raise your hand after I've prayed. In fact, what I'll do is I'm going to pray and then I'm going to count to the number three. I like to do that because we we just need to think after the prayer of what we're doing. And when I get to the number three, that's your moment to reach out and say, I want to know you, God. You raise up your hand. People have asked me, why do we do that so much in church? Why do we why do we respond? Well, I think all faith has a response to it. More importantly, I know this, if you're drowning in the sea, if life is not treating you well, if stuff is going against you and the current's pulling you down, if you want help, you'll raise your hand. You'll reach out to something. You'll ask for something greater than yourself. And I want you to know this, that right now, that is what that signal is about. It's about saying to God, I need your help. I want you to grab my hand and pull me out of this situation. I want you to take me up into a different place. I want to experience your abundance. I want to know you in a new way. I don't care who you are today. You might be in the middle of an experience, but you're moving away from God. Maybe you've never accepted Him into your life, and this is your first time of doing this. Please don't leave this building today without experiencing this amazing opportunity to engage in the abundance of God. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the good things you have provided for us that we can come to a place like this and enjoy your amazing presence. That we can combine what is in us, that power that's in us, together to produce an even greater faith. A faith that's bigger and more powerful than we've ever known. We can feel it tangibly. And this is because, Lord, you're an abundant God. We pray for those here today, Lord, who don't know you and are walking on that precipice of life and and they are trying to make that call, that decision. You are the God who rescues, who has opened the door to abundant, everlasting life. While your eyes are closed, let me say this to you now. If you don't know Him and you're seeking for a relationship with Him, this is your moment. One, 
If you're backslidden and away from God and, and you want to get right with Him, this too is your moment. Two. And here is your opportunity to reach out. Get ready now. Put up your hand if you want to know Jesus. Three right now in this place. Just reach out to Him. Say, I want to know Him. Thank you. Anybody else like that? Quickly, just raise your hand and reach out to Him in faith. The gospel is a faith message. It's about faith. Thank you. Thank you. Any others quickly join those people who have raised their hands and said, I need to get right with God. I need to know Him. I need to change my circumstance, my life. Turn it around quickly. Is there anyone else who would reach out and say yes to God? There's three or four people who have done that. I sense there's a bit of a fight going on, you know, and some of some of our minds and our hearts right now. And this is not the time to fight. It's time to let go. Anybody else quickly? Thank you. All right, I want to pray for those people who raised their hand. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name for men and women who are crossing a line into the everlasting kingdom of God. Let's give those people a big encouragement this morning. Those who have said yes to God. Thank you. Come on, let's give it up for Dr. Scott, shall we? Just so good. Just so good. You know what? I love the whole thing of abundance. It's just the heart of God. Isn't it the heart of God? Abundance, more than enough. Um, and I think that's something that I believe is speaking right into where we are as a church right now. Uh, I think if you cut Citygate in half, you know, some of this stuff is there. But I love the way you broke it down. Abundant mercy, abundant grace, entrance, an abundant entrance and God will do far abundantly above. I love the way he breaks it down. And um, I want to encourage you to really take that to heart today. You know, the Bible says, don't just be hearers of what you but, but be those who do something about it. Because it actually says this, those who just listen, they actually, actually deceive themselves. They think they've got it, but they've done nothing about it. And I believe the fact is from today that God didn't, you know, it's fantastic to know that God's a God of abundance, but God wants us to live in His abundance. Amen? His abundant grace, His abundant mercy, His abundant all-sufficiency in all areas, all of these things. And for those of you who did respond today to that a specific time at the end to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. That's what that was all about. And um, I actually want us all to pray right now, if that's okay. We normally pray at this sort of time in the service. And, and everybody just really prays a very simple prayer that just says, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And especially you today, if, you've, you, know, if you did respond, if you did feel that work of, of the Holy Spirit just on your heart, I remember the night I gave my life to Christ, we were talking about this as we went past the Fairfield Halls yesterday. I said, that's where I gave my life to Christ. October the 8th, 1984 at 9.30 at night. For me, it was that real. And, you know, again, we just had a discussion about the power of the moment of salvation. And today, perhaps you did respond, well, this is your day, as Pastor Scott has said. This is your moment. This is a, a time of, of a real transformation where God moves in and where all things can change. So come on, let's all pray this prayer. And we pray it out loud and I'll pray a line and you pray a line. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me. 
that You've shown Your love through sending Your Son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank You, Jesus. I receive You today as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. Turn away from the way I've lived apart from You. And by the help of Your grace and Your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Wonderful. You know, perhaps you did pray that for the first time today. We'd love to have a chat with you after the service. Scott was absolutely right. We've got Bible for you. If you haven't got one, even if you have, have another one. It's always good to have more than one. And um, as we leave this place today, let's believe God for His abundance to operate not just in our lives, but through our lives to the people around us. Can I hear an amen? Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for all that You've said, all that You've done. And Father, we thank You for each other. Lord, the person on our left, on our right, Lord, in front of us, behind us. Lord, we thank You, God, that this week You will show Yourself strong on their behalf. Lord, You'll open doors which no one can shut. Father, we thank You, Lord, every day this week we'll hear Your voice. Lord, You will speak to us through Your Word in prayer. And Lord, every step of the way is ordered in Jesus' Name. We thank You, God, this week no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, we thank You this week, Lord, that You've softened our hearts, opened our eyes. We're good ground for the Gospel. And we declare the 30, 60, 100-fold return on Your Word in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, one more last time. Let's just give God some praise here today.